informed consent, getting to yes, is editorially independent content supported with advertising by Alcon. Welcome listeners. I'm Marguerite McDonald of Ophthalmic Consultants of Long Island in Lindbrook, New York, and this is Informed Consent, Getting to Yes. In this podcast, leading eye surgeons share the fair and balanced words they use to get their patients to say yes to the treatments they recommend. In this edition, we'll be talking about MIGS, Minimally Invasive Glaucoma Surgery. My guests are glaucoma specialist Dr. Valerie Trubnick, my associate at Ophthalmic Consultants of Long Island. Thank you, Marguerite. It's a pleasure being here. It's great to have you. Also offering his MIGS expertise is Dr. Sev Timorian, who is a glaucoma and cataract specialist with Harvard Eye Associates in Laguna Hills, California. He also happens to be both an MD and an MBA. Thank you, Marguerite. Appreciate it. And finally, let me introduce Dr. Carlos Busnego, a founding partner of the Center for Excellence in Eye Care in Miami, Florida, where he has a special interest in cataract surgery and MIGS. Thank you very much for the invitation, Marguerite. Carlos, how do you decide uh, which patients should have standard cataract surgery and which get cataract plus MIGS? From my point of view, uh, the clinical trial results uh, from the FDA trial for the glaucose eye stand were really, uh, really important. In that trial, what was determined is when we compared control patients who had cataract surgery alone and cataract surgery plus eye stent, the complication rate or the adverse events were basically equivalent. So this is kind of a neat opportunity to be able to provide an additional service to a patient without increasing the risk profile of the surgery. So from my point of view, um, I uh, any patient who's on medications for glaucoma I, and has open angle, so it's open angle glaucoma, which is the majority of my patients, any patient who has cataract with coexistent glaucoma and is on medications at all, I will present the option of uh, incorporating MIGS, a MIGS procedure along with their surgery. And I think now more than ever um, that there are a different variety of MIGS available, including the Zen and the Cypass, and they're FDA-approved, uh, not always available through insurance, but it, they are available in the United States. Um, having the variety to treat different types of glaucoma, anything from severe to mild, um, really makes things uh, safer for the patient and uh, easier for me. And as, as cataract surgery lowers pressure anyway, how do you decide who gets just standard FACO or, you know, femtofaco, whatever, uh, versus FACO with MIGS? Typically, you know, uh, because I get uh, mostly referred patients with glaucoma, um, if there are at least on one drop, then they're probably going to get FACO with MIGS. Great. The, um, and do you use pretty much all of them? Do you rely more on one than the other? Um, I've certainly had more experience with the eye stent because that's been available for a longer period of time, um, as well as the ECP. Um, we don't have the trabectome in our surgery center, so I unfortunately don't have access to that, but I did train in it in residency. Um, and now that the Cypass and the Zen are coming out, um, getting involved in that as well. There are different types and different approaches. Uh, so let's pretend that I'm Mrs. Smith and you've decided that I need cataract surgery with MIGS. How would you explain it to me? Uh, before I decide which of my approaches that I would use for Mrs. Smith, MIGS 
actually is divided up into a couple of different categories. And the reason why it's important to differentiate between them is because the risks and benefits are different. And this becomes a very important thing when you're talking about consenting for a patient. Just briefly, you can divide MIGS up into three bins. That's the way I think about them. There are canal-based procedures, which simply bypass the trabecular meshwork. There are suprachoroidal or supraciliary procedures that shunt the aqueous to the suprachoroidal space. And there are subconjunctival procedures that divert the aqueous to the subconch space. That sort of would look like a trabeculectomy. Now, depending on which of these bins we're talking about, the discussion's a little bit different. That's one thing to consider. The other consideration is what are our goals for the patient? In certain cases, uh, the goal is to just minimize eye drops because the patient is doing well, they're stable, it's just they're having cataract surgery, so we're going to do an ad additional procedure like a mix to decrease medication load. In other cases, the glaucoma is not controlled, and we're actually doing the procedure to control the glaucoma, and that generally goes along with more invasive procedures. So the way I would approach it is for the first bin, the canal-based procedures, this is the one where an eye stent procedure would uh, fall into. Generally, when we're doing these procedures, we're not so much trying to control the glaucoma because it's mild to moderate. The patient's generally doing well with medications or a laser. Really, we're just trying to decrease uh, the amount of medications that they're on. So the way I approach that is, uh, Mrs. Smith, we're going to go ahead and proceed with our cataract surgery. And this is after we've had a discussion about the risks and benefits of cataract surgery. I'm going to say one important thing to remember is you also have glaucoma. And in the long scheme of things, what's going to affect your vision the most is how your glaucoma does, not so much how your cataract does, because we can take care of that. If we don't manage their glaucoma well, we're going to run into issues later. Now, we have an opportunity here when we're doing your cataract surgery to implant a stent that will help better control your glaucoma. The benefit of this procedure is it's one additional step to your cataract surgery. I'm already in the space working, uh, taking your cataract out and putting a new lens in. But since I'm already in that space, we look to see if that area is opened up and we implant a stent in. The goal of this is to help minimize some of the medications you're on, but ultimately give you really good glaucoma care in the future. Carlos, pretend I'm Mrs. Smith, and I'm sitting in your chair. You've made the decision. How do you explain it to me? All right, so I practice in Miami. Can you be Mrs. Garcia? <laughs> All right, I'll be, you'll be Mrs. Smith. So, um, Mrs. Smith, uh, uh, I noticed from your uh, exam today that your vision's decreased, and as we discussed a minute ago, you're having difficulty driving at night, and your really visual function is not where it ought to be. So I think it's time for your cataract surgery. So cataract surgery nowadays is painless, and you're going to see a whole lot better after cataract surgery. The important thing is we have a new development in, in, uh, in ophthalmology where over the last several years we've been able to kill two birds with one stone. So while we're doing cataract surgery, we can insert a tiny device in the eye that helps your eye drain fluid better, and that gives us a high rate of getting you off of medications. And the nice part, it really doesn't increase the risk of, of your, your surgery. really only takes a few moments more than a few minutes more than the cataract surgery alone will. And uh, the nice part is uh, insurance covers the procedure, so there's really no additional cost for trying to address both issues at one sitting. So, as Mrs. Smith, I would then ask, is the recovery longer? Is it more difficult? Is it different? Um, I think the recovery is the same. Uh, it's certainly not more difficult for you as a patient. And for me as a physician, just uh, at this point, you know, once you've done quite a bit under your belt, it is not difficult in the least. 
Um, so if they're, you know, I shouldn't have any difficulty in planting it and the recovery uh, should be the same as standard cataract surgery. Your vision will be excellent the next day. And the, the surgery is just a little bit longer than normal cataract surgery? Not by much. Probably, you know, at this point for me, uh, maybe just a few minutes. Um, so I think uh, with something like an eye stent, uh, as well as the side pass, the insertion is uh, pretty quick and easy once you've gotten a few under your belt. Um, so I don't think uh, it's going to take much longer than a regular procedure, cataract surgery. So that sounds reasonable. I think the conversion rate has to be super high uh, once they hear that they're likely to get off drops. Pretty high. Uh, I mean, the only times that I've had patients kind of hesitant, so they say, well, I've read about this stent. You're going to put the stent in my eye. Um, does it come out? Does it fall out? No, no. <laughs> it stays in place. Um, you know, it's non-ferromagnetic. You can go through metal detectors. It's not going to fly out of your eye. You can go through an MRI, you know, so oftentimes I get phone calls from MRI techs concerned about patients. Um, so that's not an issue at all. Um, you know, the other question that I often get is whether the stents clog up uh, over time. Um, in fact, I've noticed that, if anything, the eye stent tends to work better over time. Uh, with Cypass, sometimes the fenestrations do tend to kind of close up and pressure can climb up with time. And that's something we can kind of address with drops if need be. Um, but it does give you the potential to come off the drops. You don't have to spend hundreds of dollars every month um, and also kind of tolerate the side effects that, that are uh, associated with the drops. Sometimes people say, well, wait, that device, man, I might feel something in my eye and I sort of know it's tiny. Again, I, I don't necessarily go off on these tracks, but if I, I do, I'd say it's the smallest implant regarding the eye sense, the smallest implant. In medicine, it's half a millimeter by one millimeter. So I reassure the patient, there's no sensation. There's no maintenance to it. We don't ever have to take it out. It works most of the time. And if it doesn't work, we're back where we are right now, which is back on medications. Can these procedures really rejuvenate the natural pathway of the aqueous? So whenever we shift over to this next bend, we're diverting aqueous to a unnatural space into a, the suprachoroidal space. So when I bring this up with Mrs. Smith, she's generally someone who's doing uh, worse than the first band in the sense that their glaucoma is getting worse or they feel like they really need much better control. So in this discussion with the patient, I would say, Mrs. Smith, after we're done with your cataract surgery, we have an opportunity to better take care of your glaucoma. And we know this is going to be a major issue for us moving forward. We have a chance here when we're doing the glaucoma procedure to place a stent to help divert the fluid inside of your eye to a different compartment. We've already attempted to restore your natural pathway of where the fluid goes, but we're going to resort back to this other option to help further bring your pressure down. I think this would work well for you because it'll help us decrease the amount of medications you're on and better control your glaucoma. The next big, big bin of mixed procedures would be your subconjunctival procedures. These are the ones that almost look like a trabeculectomy, so these would be like a Zen procedure. So this discussion is more uh, focused towards the mitigating the risk part of the discussion. So in this case, I would say, Mrs. Smith, uh, in this procedure, what we're trying to do here is bring your eye pressure down, but we want to do it in a safe way. Now, it used to be we had these older procedures which we could rely on, but we ideally would prefer not to do them just because there was inherent risk involved. Now, what's exciting to us and for you is that there have been many new innovations in recently 
with better ways of doing these procedures that allow us to bring your eye pressure down, but also decrease the risks that are involved. Some of these uh, risks that it will help to decrease would be uh, issues of bleeding in the eye or low eye pressure. What these new stents do is mitigate the risk in doing that, and I think you would do well with it. That sounds great. The, um, so, um, basically, it's mild, moderate, severe. That's correct. The, uh, and um, the more aggressive the procedure and the more unnatural the space into which the aqueous is being shunted, the greater the risk. Would that, you say, Sev? That is correct. Okay. So typically, you know, I would do this eye stent or the cahook goniotomy uh, for mild glaucoma bypass, probably for something moderate with uh, someone who's on several glaucoma drops, and then the Zen for advanced glaucoma instead of a trabeculectomy. Oftentimes they approach me and say, well, hey, I read about the Zen. Uh, what do you think about it? I think the, the patients almost self-select. Um, they uh, read about it. They often know it's out of pocket, but they're willing to, you know, uh, pay uh, out of pocket for something that they understand will give them significantly less side effects, less risk of infection over their lifetime. When do you say, oh, I think I'm going to refer you to my uh, glaucoma specialist for a trab or a tube or whatever? Um, so I, I will say if we have a patient with uncontrolled glaucoma, so a patient who's on maximal medical therapy and still has pressures, you know, high 20s or above 30 for sure, those patients I'll say, hey, I'm not sure that I can really uh, fix your glaucoma problem with a cataract surgery. However, at times... Um, I think it doesn't hurt. And one of the interesting parts of MIG surgery, if we're doing ab internal MIG surgery, we're not uh, involving the conjunctiva and the sclera, and therefore we are not interfering with, with the future trabeculectomy or two. So at times I will, even for patients who have, might have, I'm not sure that I can take them all the way home off of meds with, this, with a MIGS procedure, I will offer that. But, but obviously you want to you tell a patient who's got a high pressure and on maximal meds that, we may not get you all the way off meds, but if we can get you on less medications, that'll be better. And right now, how does how does the insurance coverage uh, look? Pretty good? So I sent uh, pretty good coverage. Uh, Medicaid plans, uh, not so great. So Fidelis and other plans uh, don't really have great coverage for the ISIN. Um And in that case, I would use like a Kahook goniotomy, which is another mixed procedure that I found to be successful. Um, and the risks, the risk to benefit ratio, the, you know, the risks are significantly uh, lower than any other procedure, um, a standard glaucoma procedure. Um, as far as the side pass, I think they're still trying to get coverage from insurance companies, but some do uh, cover. The Zen, if my patients are getting it, they're currently paying out of pocket. Well, this has been extremely informative. I'd like to ask each of you for a closing thought. It's important for the physician providing mixed procedures to realize that although we have an idea of what we want to say, you do have to tailor it based upon the patient need and what the patient is expecting. And, and that's another discussion point. I wouldn't use exactly the same approach if I'm talking about an eye stand procedure in two patients. It's really important to realize that each of our patients are different. They're unique puzzles that we're trying to put together and sometimes certain approaches are better than others. So this is where understanding and knowing the patient and using words really well become very critical. The, the other thing that I would say to my patients that seems to increase the conversion rate is to say, 
if I was doing this on my family members, and, and they really kind of stop and listen when you start saying that, I would, I would do this MIGS procedure because I think that would be in their best benefit. Cause they, and often they'll say, well, what would you do on your mother? And then uh, they kind of listen a little bit differently. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. That's a, a pearl we can use no matter what we're discussing. That right. we, I would do it exactly. on my mother. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the, uh, the, the MIGS procedure is relatively straightforward. It's in, in my hands, it's been a, a real boon to my patients. It's been a boon to my practice. And really I get patients coming in specifically who said, Hey, I used to see Dr. So-and-so and uh, you operate on my neighbor. And I heard that when I get my cataract done, I can also get off some medication. So it's really been, uh, uh, I think a big, uh, sea change in, in taking care of our geriatric patients who have coexistent cataract and glaucoma. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, Valerie. And thank you, Sev. And thank you, listeners. Please join us again next time. Informed consent, getting to yes, is editorially independent content supported with advertising by Alcon.